Welcome. My name is Val, and this is a time that we open up the service for anyone that has anything to share. But before that happens, I have things to share. Acts 2 is still on my mind. God's up to something. This is that. This in Acts chapter 2 is that. What the, the word of God said in Joel, that he said, I'm coming. I'm here, actually. I'm here. God says, I'm pouring, out my, I'm pouring out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters, kids, shall prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams and young men shall see visions. You don't have to be old to dream dreams and you don't have to be young to see visions. I see, I do both. And I know many of you do also. But this is that. Be excited. God is up to something. Gird up your loins. Gird up your loins. Get excited, people. Oh, this is the time. This is the day that the Lord has made. Oh, I get excited. I get so excited when the Lord speaks to me that way. When he has something exciting to share, exhortation, comfort to the body of Christ. And that's what we're supposed to do. It's not no doom and gloom. Because for us who are saved and born again, there's no doom and gloom. We always look up to the Father, the author and the finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ. So be happy today, for this is the day that the Lord has made. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I say to our, our pastor Scott and Tammy, the Lord said, I, I appointed and I anointed. Don't listen to the naysayers. They may come, but you say, no, I'm appointed and I'm anointed by God. And he said that you, you've already seen the fruit of your, of your prayers coming. It came very quickly, didn't it, this year? It came very quickly. You see the fruit of your prayer. But God said, look, watch what I'm going to do next. Watch what I'm going to do next. I'm going to blow your mind. This is a church, and this is a body of Christ. It's not going to just sit down, but you are an equipper of the body. You are the equippers, and we shall be also equippers. We're not going to be sitting down, but God is going to use the gifts that we have that he has given to us and that has been put aside. And people say, no, you can't do that. But God said, yes, you can. You can in this body. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So now we're just going to open it up. And anyone that has a word from God, come up and share, please. Thanks. <laughs> Good job. So during worship, uh, just one of the things that I was reminded of is that um, in the same way that uh, Mary received the word from the angel, uh, that the seed would be planted in her. I know we are, we're not expecting that exact same thing again, but we do receive the word, and the word is the seed, and um, Christ is formed in us. And um, 
the disciples, they walked with the Lord for three years. I, I, I that would be awesome to have Jesus here with us, walking with us, and we're, we're learning from him, and he's teaching, and we're, we're gleaning all this. Um, but for three years, they walked with him, and after three years, after, after the resurrection, they said, well, let's go fishing. It's like, well, wait a minute. You've had three years of dedicated time, hands-on teaching and growing, and uh, you're going to go fishing. So th uh, the word is just an encouragement. When we feel like, uh, you know, I'm just going to go fishing, and I'm not going to grow this seed that's in me, or I'm not going to allow it to grow, don't um, don't be concerned that it's not growing because the Lord came alongside and still encouraged them. Come on, you know, let's let's get moving, let's get going. So it's not all on you to grow the seed. He sent His Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit to help grow the seed. So even when we get off course or if we go fishing, the Holy Spirit is always there to uh, grow us up and he's going to keep growing us until christ is formed in us so take your zigzag path but just know that the lord is faithful to grow up that seed in you that christ is in you where did val go <laughs> oh. <laughs> bonnie's bonnie's got something just looking around. If you guys feel like you have a word to share. I'm Bonnie. And um, so here's your weekly encouragement. <laughs> you know, when I started coming up to share what God was doing, it was a it was a personal discipline for myself. And I got to tell you, there is so much going on now that I have to pick and choose, you know, what to say. It used to be one little nugget of truth or something, you know, and I'd stand on it and I'd come up here and, and testify. But I don't even know where to begin these days. <laughs> so let's start with my sister's healed of cancer. Let's start with that one. <laughs> yes. So um, I went with Scott and Tammy to Reading for the Bethel. It was a healing conference, right, with Randy Clark. And I went because I've got, there's a lot of things going on in my family. And I want to see healing. It's like, so I'm going to go, it, it, like, if I'm, someone's going to preach or teach about healing or something, my, my ears are kind of perked right now because I, I just need to see that and so cancer was something that was called out and I texted my sister and I said we've just prayed for you get up and test your body because she was in such pain she didn't she didn't get my text she didn't read my text but she did get up out of her chair and she said to my mother oh that that pain that unbearable I can't live with it pain is less she did see my text the next day and realized, but she didn't get back to me. <laughs> so that was in January. She still was going, you know, seeing her oncologist. But over the couple months, I saw things getting better and better. And her were she wasn't quite um, claiming it totally yet, but she had a big appointment this past Wednesday with her oncologist. And Tuesday, I was with her, taking her to see her pulmonologist. My sister has a lot of stuff going on. Cancer was a big one, and it's gone. Um, but she confessed to me that she says, I believe I'm healed from that time that you texted me. I'm like, what? You didn't respond to me. She says, and then she told me what happened. 
So I, I think that she'd been kind of holding it in her heart, you know, with a little bit of fear to claim it. But here now she's going to see her oncologist the next day after more testing and stuff. So she's, she's you know, going to stand on it a little bit with me. And so I said, yes! So I don't hear from her Wednesday, you know, after her doctor's appointment. I hear from her Thursday, and she um, sends me this Marco Polo message, which is like a video texting, and we're having a lot of fun with that. And she tells me that her all the, you know, from her tests and everything, her doctor doesn't understand where has the cancer gone. Um, her blood test, she had like, two points or something. I don't understand everything, but she's like almost normal. It was going down instead of going up as it had been. So, and the, she, her and her husband told the doctor, well, we believe in, in the healing, you know? So anyway, I, I need to encourage you some more. Um, the power of the testimony. I once testified up here that I had a financial need and I wanted to hold on to the money I had, but God encouraged me to not because the oil you know, I needed to challenge the oil that was going to keep flowing. So I, I did, and God blessed me. Well, I had given that testimony to a friend. She had the same thing happen with her car, and she, in front of someone else, decided to not hold on. She wanted to do the same thing. She wanted to hold on to the little bit she had, but she realized, well, I have it. That means my need is taken care of. I can, I can take care of my car. She did this in front of another friend with joy and no fear, and it just, it's rippling, people. It's rippling. So I, I really want to encourage you, okay? I want you to get up here and tell us what's going on in your life. One, if something has happened, one little thing that God has encouraged you or told you to stand on or whatever, start getting up here and exercising your muscles because it encourages you and encourages all of us. And, and, it, and it just goes. It just keeps going. And I got so much more. We're, we're not done yet, but I just want to remind us, you know, we, we value that scripture in Revelation chapter 19 that says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when we hear testimonies of God breaking through into people's lives, doing miracles, bringing provision, whatever it is, things from his kingdom coming into our circumstances, it prophesies. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. God wants to continue to expand and release his goodness in the earth through the church, through us. And those testimonies carry power on them. Your breakthrough carries an anointing for someone else's breakthrough. So we need to testify, we need to share, and we need to see it just continue to, to go on and on to the next person. It's so important, guys. I can't ever stress enough that we share testimonies. And thank you, Vani, for committing to weekly sharing your testimonies because it's good. Awesome. Awesome. Come on up, man. Don't worry. We don't have a timer, and I'm not looking at, well, I only have enough time to preach here, so you guys are done. No, this is good. No, stay right here. <laughs> um, my name's Sage, and my wife and I have been Fortunate to be friends with the Alcorns for, we met about 10 years ago, about 10 years ago, right? And we were a part of this uh, church in Tacoma, Sa whatever. <laughs> it was about 10 years ago. Did you make your yeah. wife submit? Yeah. Submit, woman. <laughs> and um, I just, I remember this so, it's so clear. Uh, 
we would have these Wednesday night prayer meetings or we would have these prayer meetings in the church because the church moved to a building finally. And I remember Scott, when he would he get up and pray, and I remember sitting next to Tammy because we both had big family. We both have big families. So we sat in the back because our kids would, were, you know, everywhere. And I looked at her and I go, that guy's a pastor. <laughs> and then we would be at another time and he would, he would be praying and I'd be like, my word, this guy is a pastor. And so we were just both, it's a church in Tacoma. Just, we both just landed there from whatever places we came from. And um, it is so revolutionary, such a blessing just to stand in this place. This is our second time in this place. We would, we would sit in their living room in Tacoma before they left Tacoma. And they had this vision and this mission. And we just agreed with them. And we prayed with them. And we, we just became better and better friends. We, it, if it wasn't for our teenage daughters, we probably still wouldn't be friends. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, but such, but the, the, the one thing that um, was such a blessing to see the Alcorn, see Scott and Tammy, is there's this tight, super glue bond of unity in their family, in their marriage, and in their children as a whole unit. And to be called to be a pastor, when you just see it on someone, that, that anointing, that calling, I, I think it was exactly a month ago, because I looked at the time. That I, that I just was laying there and I was praying for Scott and Tammy and the church, your, this church here. And this beautiful word of just unity came across. And the, and the Lord gave me this cool picture. But most importantly, he gave me this verse, this, this passage of scripture. Can I share it with them? Did you share it with them yet? So this, is what, this is what I feel like the Lord just spoke through. So take this word, mark it in your Bibles, because I know you all have a Bible. Go ahead, open it up. I'll give you 10 seconds. You ready? No? Ready? Ephesians chapter 2. It says, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together in a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And, and, I, and I just, I couldn't hold it back, so I, I texted him and said, hey, can we talk? And, and he said, yes, and I didn't call him back because I was laying my babies down. He's like, everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, man, everything's cool. <laughs> but it was such, I feel like it was such a prophetic word for um, just the picture I got. He can share it with you. He has everything, so to save time. But it was just beautiful. I just saw this beautiful picture of unity coming from, from the man who's called to lead this congregation, to his wife, to his children, to, to this church. So be encouraged. Continue to be built up in one spirit. Continue to take it out. Preach the gospel. Make disciples. Baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Command them to obey the teachings, right? In Jesus' name. Can I pray for you real quick? May I? Stephanie, you want to come pray with me? Come on, honey. Come on down. She's actually, when she prays, it's better than me. <laughs> come on, Tamara. And, and you guys, we want everything that is prayed over us to be for all of us. Amen. So we'll take it, and you yes. guys take it with us. Okay? It has to. Ebb and flow. Fact, if you want to take it, too, just stand up now. Just yeah. stand up. Yeah. Amen. There you go. <laughs> what? <laughs>
So let's just bow our hearts in, in Jesus' name. Let's just, in reverence, in unity to the Father, and believing for what he has already promised, what he's already declared in his word, and what he declares uh, through, this, um, through this church. The Father, I thank you in Jesus' name, God. I thank you that you are the God, and you give the spirit of unity in your Son, Christ Jesus. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Father, I just declare just more unity that was spread through this little church, Lord, that it would go out into this big city, Lord, and it would go beyond that. It would go to the nations. God, that no more um, bickering and bittering and, and all the junk, Lord, it would just be unity in Jesus' name coming from this, Lord, unity in the Son, in the Son of Jesus. So, Father, bless it, multiply that unity in Jesus' name. Amen. I forgot that you, you remember that? I remember that and I actually remember you saying it was I don't remember if it was on a Wednesday night or a Sunday but I might have been I think it was a Wednesday night saying that he needs to be leading a church he is a leader he's yeah yeah I remember that I forgot about that till now that's awesome yeah thanks thank you no I don't think I would love to get the Sanchez's here again some Sunday and have I don't know Stephanie's whole background story, but I definitely know his background and then the two of you joining together in marriage and continuing. But he has this, this powerful testimony that we need to see prophesied into our city. You know, we have an, an opioid ec epidemic in our nation, but I'll just speak for Bremerton because this is our city. And he carries something. He carries a testimony that God broke that addiction miraculously. It's just gone. So we need to talk about that some more. Yeah, for sure. Greg, did you have something? Come on out, man. I think there's only one little scripture that we're going to be covering today anyway, and Sage already nailed kind of reading it to us all, so. <laughs> Good job, Sage. <laughs> oh. So, my name's Greg, and uh, my family is in the second from the back row over there. And uh, they're very cool, and I like them, so I have to point them out. Um, the Lord gave me a word while I was worshiping, uh, which was super strong. And um, I'm only seeing part of it, so I'm going to share the part that I have, and uh, then we'll, uh, if the rest comes later, we'll share it at a different time. I, sister, what, what is your name? Val. Val thank you. Uh, Val's uh, talking initially was uh, quite amazing because the Lord is preparing something, and it is here, and I think what I have to add adds to that and then same with sage uh, as well with the unity piece I think what the Lord gave me is something to add to that it's just um, it's just something a little bit more um, okay before I share it I, I, I need to just give a little bit of just a tiny bit of background um, 
my family and I are filled with the Spirit. We we love Jesus, and we 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 shake. We we prophesy. We've seen many people healed, and all that stuff. So we're fully alive in that sort of thing. And we want so much more, and we want so much more for you, everybody around us as well. Um, at the same time, I come from a background where I was uh, in seminary. And so I had the privilege, and I do, I'm serious about that, I had the privilege of learning Greek and Hebrew and uh, studying in that environment. I know there's a lot of negative talk that goes against our seminaries and so forth, um, but generally those who struggle with it are, are giving too much power to the professors and to the institution itself and not paying close enough to what God is trying to teach them through it. Um, and so there's actually, I found a lot of freedom there because what I wanted to do was go and learn what God said. I wanted to know what he told me. I wanted to know how he wanted to speak to me. And I, I, he blessed me incredibly through that. Now, the reason why I say that is because I'm going to use a verse out of Scripture that none of your versions read this way because of what we call tradition and uh, the religious aspects and uh, what I know behind what, how some people translate the Bible. Don't worry about that. Your Bibles are reliable. It's just that you can't bring out every single aspect when you translate from one language to another. That's all. The fact that I know Greek and Hebrew doesn't mean that I, I, I'm an expert. It just means I can bring an added uh, emphasis in addition to what everybody else in this room brings. There's no difference. Okay. Um, and so the verse that I'm reading is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 30, uh, verses 48 and 49. And it's talking about um, um, as... So as was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. In other words, if you, pre-salvation, you're of dust. Post-salvation, you are of spirit. Okay? And then it continues on, and this is uh, my version. Just as we used to bear the image of dust, we must now bear the image of heaven. Just as we used to bear the image of dust, we must now bear the image of heaven in order to come alive and usher in what God has for us, in order to truly be unified and the way Ephesians talks about that, it's beautiful and bringing us together and to be able to be so powerful with one another. But we can't do that if we're bearing the image of dust. We must bear the image of heaven. <sighs> Coupled with that, you know, do not be conformed to the ways of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When Paul talks about that, he's talking about being transformed. Um, he's talking about being transformed. In ancient Greek, they weren't just talking about the way your intellectual think. He's talking about your heart. Be transformed in how you think about things, how you think, how you absorb things, how you are passionate about things. And yes, that will transform how you think about things with your mind as well. 
we must let go of that image of dust that we used to, past tense, that we used to bear. And we must bear the image of heaven. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, my Lord. Come. We ask for more. We ask for more. Bring your heaven right in our midst, right here, right now, Father. There's more to this word, but I think others or later uh, will add to it. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Greg. Yeah, man. I'm getting all kinds of rabbit trail messages coming off of that. Um, you know, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, be transfigured, be metamorphosed into the image of Jesus. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. But that, that verses 1 and 2 of Romans 12 talks about worship and transformation. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I think, talks about how where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we who with unveiled faces, so we have this face-to-face encounter with the Lord in the presence of the Lord, as we behold his glory, we are being changed from glory to glory into the same likeness. So there's something that happens, there's transformation that happens in us as we renew our minds, as, as we are changed in our thinking, and as we face-to-face interaction with, with the Father in his presence, in that spirit of worship, that spirit of I lay down my life, I give you everything I have in exchange for what you have for me. So I don't want to preach now on that because that's definitely not, but man, it's just stirring that up. And uh, now I'm going to have to go back and listen to the first part that he said because I'm totally getting distracted by rabbit trail thinking. So we just come against those rabbit trails in Jesus' name, right? <laughs> Are you going to be okay? Yeah. Do you have something? Not yet. Okay. Hold that, please. I will. So it's good, you guys. This is good. Good morning, Mom and Dad. I guess you didn't remember to set your clocks back. I'm sorry, I shouldn't point you guys out. That's okay, half the people here were late anyway, so. (laughs) This is family, you guys, and I hope you don't mind me just having a little fun with y'all. I definitely want to get to a scripture that Sage read because, you know, we as a church and as as a new church, as a church that's trying to lay a foundation we value highly apostolic slash prophetic ministry or, or gifting and input into the church. And so it's our intent to spend some time talking about that, but I can already tell this morning it's not going to go very far. But we will at least get to just a little bit that God, um, I felt like he was putting on my heart to, to speak into regarding what Sage had read from Ephesians chapter 2. Man, there's just so much was going on in worship. I don't know about you guys, but I just, I, I hear things in songs that are so true, that are so right out of the word. And there's something that happens when we declare the word of God, when we speak out and we make declarations of the truth of God, it changes us. It changes who we are. I would encourage you guys to take your words seriously. Like the things you speak out. 
the things that you say about yourself and about God. We can't afford to speak words that God's not speaking. Now, I don't mean, you know, what are we going to have for breakfast, that kind of thing. But if it's not what heaven is talking about, then we can't really afford to waste our time talking about it either. You know, I felt like during worship that there was this invitation from the Father to come up higher. You know, we have, we have been given access. We have been given a birthright because Jesus died on the cross for us. We have access. I'm just going to read this real quick on here. This comes from Hebrews chapter 9. So Jesus is the one who has enacted a new covenant and a new relationship with God so that those who accept the invitation will receive the eternal inheritance he promised to his heirs. We have an inheritance, an eternal inheritance that has been promised to us because we are now the heirs of the new covenant. Because you have put your faith in Jesus, because you said, yes to him, I give you my life, you have become adopted, you have, yeah, yes, you have become an adopted son or daughter. You belong to the Father. You have a new identity. The old is gone, the new has come. You're no longer sinners, you're now saints who occasionally sin. It's so important to know what Jesus paid for. He didn't die just to get us to heaven so that we could just struggle and flander and f- flounder, flander, Ned Flanders, I don't know. <laughs> he, di- he didn't intend for us just to, to struggle to make it to heaven by the skin of our teeth with the smell of smoke on our skin. We just barely made it out of the flames, but thank God I'm here. I mean, yes, we will be grateful that we're there, but that's not the life that he's called us to live. He's called us to live a higher life to set our our hearts and our minds on things above where Christ is seated, to know that you have an identity, that you're actually seated right now in heavenly places with Christ, that you are a co-heir with Christ. Heir of God, co-heirs with Christ. You have a new nature. You have Jesus himself living inside of you. Jesus is in you, and you are hidden in him. You are totally filled and wrapped up in Jesus. And you have the, de- the delight of the Father over your life. I'll let Sage handle that back there. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to continue to read this. This is from the Passion Translation, so if you're trying to follow, I apologize. It is Hebrews 9, 15 and 16. So, he died, Jesus died, to release us from the guilt of the violations committed under the first covenant. Now, a person's last will and testament can only take effect after one has proven to have died. Otherwise, the will cannot be enforced while the person who made it is still alive. Jesus died on the cross and initiated or inaugurated, I don't even know the right word, he put into effect the will, the will of God, that we would receive the benefits of that will, that we would be the ones that inherit something. We have a birthright. We have a legacy. That's why we call ourselves Legacy City Church. It's it's for our city, but it's for us as God's people. So we have a birthright. And we have promises from God. 
all of God's promises in Jesus are yes. They're not maybe yes sometimes and maybe no. They're yes and amen. And that is why through him we speak the amen. We say yes to his word. We say yes to his promises. So hope. Let me just read some of the things. I, I have this habit of jotting down a lot of notes while we're worshiping. So if you see me on my phone, I'm, I'm really not texting people that aren't here, saying, where are you? The meeting's already halfway over now. Really, I'm just like, God gives me these little downloads, so I'm going to try to run through. I'm actually going to skip some of this stuff. So prom- part of his promises is that our inheritance, our birthright, is unhindered. It's unhindered access to the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace. Okay, so I guess I need to go back to what I was initially feeling like God was saying in in our time of worship. I felt like he was saying, come up. We have access to the throne. Hebrews tells us to come boldly before the throne. Come boldly. God is saying, come boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace in your time of need. How many of us need mercy and grace? Every moment of every day, we need it. We need to we need to, to understand that God is welcoming us into his presence. Because Jesus paid the price, there is no excuse for us to not have access, not have unhindered relationship with him. We can in, enjoy the presence of God at all times. We don't have to do things. We don't have to jump through hoops. We don't have to say 10 Hail Marys and do penance and, and bow 20 times or whatever you know you guys know what I mean we don't have to perform for God to make up for our mistakes to make up for our failures and our weakness in order to gain at least enough footing to get into his presence Jesus paid it all it is finished I wish I could stop really that put my microphone by my foot clap your hand or something it is finished pop it is finished the will is in effect You have access to the Father at all times. And it doesn't stop there. It doesn't end with just coming. What do we do once we're in his presence? Well, we're in his presence right now. What do we do? Well, we want to be changed. He does have a plan. He does have a picture, a a purpose. And I I don't even remember who was saying it at this point now. But his, his plan, I believe it was Sharon, his plan is to conform us into the image of Jesus. He wants to transform us from glory to glory, from one measure to the next, into the likeness of his son. I don't have a whole uh, spreadsheet of scriptures to start reading regarding that, but Romans 8's a good one. Um, anyway, we just I won't even try to go there. But it is God's plan, and it, in all creation waits in eager expectation for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed, to be made manifest. So I I heard God say, come up. We have an open invitation to come higher, to come up. The Father's not saying, stay down there low on the ground. I don't even want to see you peeking up at me because I will stomp you. That's not what God's saying. He's saying, you're my son, you're my daughter. I paid a high price for you because I love you that much. Jesus gave it all so that you could come into my presence and not only come into my presence, but to come up and climb up on my lap, to look at life from my perspective. So the invitation this morning from God is to see things from heaven's perspective. What does it look like up there? What do our troubles and our trials look like from God's perspective? 
Whenever you're ready, just grab the microphone. So I hear him say, come up high. I see and see life from his perspective. There's something about being a son or a daughter of God. There's something about knowing the intimacy and the love that the Father has for you. I'll just look at you for a second, Sue. There's something about the day you were born and God's hands were there in that delivery room and he was smiling and he was delighting and he was just releasing destiny and future and hopes and dreams over your life. And he wants to see all of them come through. But he was there when you were being born and he was delighting over you. And how do I know it? Because I've seen it for myself. God gave me a glimpse of my birth. Now you could argue, well, that was a, you know, one of those kind of moments that are subjective, you know, but, but I know what I saw and I know what it did on the inside of me. And my inner child has been birthed multiple times through weeping and just I can't wrap my mind around his, his great love and his intimacy and his presence being there even before I, before I spoke a word. We were singing that song. Before I took a breath, before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. He was delighting over my birth. He was there at your guys' birth too. And today he's tearing down lies. So this is just some things I was hearing during worship. Some of it we were actually singing. You know, he's tearing down those lies. God wants to tear down lies. Lies, the lies of the enemy, the lies that come up against the knowledge of God, that come up against the truth of Scripture, are what try to creep in. It's what the enemy wants to, to bring into your thinking and create a stronghold. Any place in our lives where there's not absolute glistening hope I'm just going to use a, an example of a quote that we've said many times here from Francis Fran Japan any place in your life that is not glistening with hope it's under the influence of a lie and that lie is a stronghold of the enemy in your life now you might say well Scott you got to be realistic because life happens God didn't call us to be realistic. He called us to be supernatural. Okay. I'm glad that's having a good impact because I didn't come up with that. I'm just being honest. I stole that. So, yes, it is very powerful. That's why I would actually repeat it. So, yeah. We're just going to shift gears. Are you trying to look at what I got here? We're going to shift some gears here. So that was just kind of what I felt like God was highlighting in worship today. He's calling us higher. He wants us to know who we are. He wants to tear down lies. He wants us to know that we have free access to come into his presence. Jesus paid it all. He is not going to die over and over for us to mess up and then have to come back in. He died once and for all. And we have access to the Father by one spirit. Somebody was reading that. Sager was reading that. We have access to the Father by one spirit, by the blood of Jesus. So let's take a look at, hang on before you put anything up. I was thinking about just going over some of those prophetic words for 2018, but I think we're going to skip that. So that first slide, we'll just go past it. You guys doing okay? Everybody all right? 
I'm going to try to nail this out in about five minutes, and then we're going to just enjoy the rest of the morning or afternoon. Um, so what does it mean for us to be an apostolic, prophetic people? What's an apostle? What's a prophet? Why do you even say those words in church? Scott, why are you up there talking about these things? I thought the apostles all died, all 12 of them. I thought the prophets were in the Old Testament, and they were finished once the book was written and completed, and the canon of Scripture was, that's all we need now, solo scriptura. There would be some places that we could go to, some churches we could visit that would say that the gifts of the Spirit are, are over today. We don't need them anymore, they would say, because the perfect has come, the perfect word of God. But we are not cessationists. I don't think anyone in this room is a cessationist. We all believe in the gifts of the Spirit for today. We need the Word of God and we need the Spirit of God to get through this life and to accomplish all that God has for us. So let's just take a look at the scripture that Sage. I always call you Sager. Is that? That's, I can't. I know that's your little guy's name. Isn't that your real name or is it just Sage? Just Sage. Okay, I'm going to call you Sager like your grandma. So, Ephesians 2, should I duck down? Well, I'm still going to be in front of someone. If I get too close to that speaker, it's going to squeal. So, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. Okay, I'm just going to pause for a second. Everything that we've been talking about up to this point, everything that we were sensing and, and hearing God speaking through different people comes to this one point because of Jesus, because of what his plan is, his purpose for our lives as his adopted sons and daughters, as those people in this world that carry the presence of God, carry the kingdom of God within us. Therefore, I would say, consequently, you're no longer strangers and aliens, or strangers, excuse me, I'm speaking in Petra songs or something like that. Consequently, I'll just read. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. I'll pause there. When I read this scripture, in just that, that verse right there, verse 19, it speaks so highly of the value of the family of God. God didn't call us to live and walk out our Christian experience up in the mountains all by ourselves. There's nothing wrong with getting away, having time with God. There's nothing wrong with unplugging. But God sets the solitary. God sets the lonely into families, Psalm 68, 6. But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched sun land. God's plan is that we would be set into a family, that we would enjoy the community of believers. And that's why Hebrews says, don't give up meeting together. I know it's just a Sunday morning. I know many of you guys in this room have a hunger for more time together, more relationship, and we're working on that. And by the way, I'll just do a quick plug. March 23rd, Friday night, we are having a night of worship at our house. It's just one more opportunity to gather together. We keep forgetting to mention that, so I thought oh, this is a good time to say it now. 7 o'clock, our house. If you want to come, we would encourage you to come. It's just no teaching, no preaching, just worship together, pray, 
and step out in the gifts together and just see what God wants to do. It's just time to be family. So we'll move on from the green part there, verse 20. Well, I'll read the green part again. Members of his household built on the foundation. So God's building something, okay? We call it church. We call it the family of God. He's, he's building something. He's doing some work. He's moving forward with things, and he's creating something in the earth that his kingdom can be expanded through. So he's building this thing. It's this, it's this household, but it has foundations. How many of you have been in a manufactured house that has no foundations? If you were to po- poke a hole through the carpet, you'd probably see dirt and weeds growing underneath. Sorry if you live in a manufactured home. It's not a bad thing. At least you got a house. But God's house, God's building has foundations. It's built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too, not the band, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. There's something powerful when we come together and we get that revelation of what God is trying to build. When we come together, we individually, we are each a temple of the Holy Spirit. You, Tao, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. I know you know that. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. You belong to him, and you carry him everywhere you go. Every one of us in the room that has the Holy Spirit living inside of us that said yes to Jesus, yes, I want to give you my life in exchange for the new life that you have for me, he put the deposit of the Holy Spirit inside of you to seal you and mark you forever that you're his. It's your promise. He gave you the promise ring. But together, when we come together, there's something powerful that happens. When the body of Christ is together, assembled together, incorporated together, there's this flowing of these different unique giftings and and abilities that are used by God to encourage and strengthen and build up the house. It's not all about one person. It's not all about a dad in the house or if, if you're a single mom, if you're just the mom in the house. It's not all about the one parent. It's about the whole family. And there's something that happens in our corporateness, in our gathering together, where we, we experience God's presence in a way where we get transformed. You cannot come to a church meeting where the Spirit of God comes and not be changed. You may not even know at the moment right now what's changing inside of you, but God is doing something as deep calls unto deep in the roar of his waterfall. He's speaking new, newness of life into you. He's speaking his, his word and reminding you of the truth, and he's pulling down lies, and he's strengthening you. And he's encouraging you, and he's giving you glimpses of what he wants to do next. So let's go ahead and just move on to that next little picture. I don't know why I just saw this picture. I thought, so what's a good example of earthly terminology for this foundation being built on the apostles and prophets with Jesus, the chief cornerstone? And uh, so I don't know. I just saw that picture. I thought, okay, so there's some, some guys checking it out. You know, there, there's definitely 
a process. There's definitely some important things that God wants to lay in to the foundations of his church. So let's go ahead and move on to that next little picture. I thought this was fun. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But I was trying to think, is it general contractor or general foreman? There's a lot of different names for the, the top person who's involved. But there's the architect. And the Bible tells us, let me just look at my notes here. What do we mean by apostolic prophetic, fivefold? Um, the architect. Hebrews 11.10 says, Abraham was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So God is the great architect. He is the master architect. He has the blueprints. He has the plans. And he's inviting us to take a look and build with him what he's building. And I just, I, I pulled these two aside because I thought, wow, that's kind of like the apostle and the prophet. So the engineer is the person who is this, it's a structural engineer, and they're usually required to ensure the house will be both stable and strong. Apostolic leaders in the church look at the foundations. They want to see stability and strength in the local church. They don't want to see the church flopping back and forth and dissension and people not knowing who they are. And they, you know, you, you guys know, we've all been in the church. Most of us have been in the church long enough. We've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. True? You don't need to agree with that, but I know, because I know you guys. We've all been there. Then there's the drafts person. I don't know. I kind of felt like this. It's like the prophet, the prophetic people. Traditionally, a drafts person will prepare technical drawings under the direction of the architect, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of fun. Nowadays, many people with a strong knowledge of house design will work directly with a drafts person or a building designer to save on architectural, architectural fees. So the apostle, apostolic gifted people, they kind of get that blueprint from God, and they, they see what, how the foundation should be laid, and they want to make sure things are strong and stable. And the prophetic comes alongside the, the apostolic, and they hear things from God that, that agree and speak into what are the steps next? What's God showing us to move into next in the next season. So it, it, they work side by side in God's plan. It's his plan that the foundation would be built on apostolic and prophetic anointing and gifting. Man, time has just flown by. So we're not going to keep going on with this. What do I have after that? I don't even remember now. Oh, yeah, we're not going to go into the, fi the five-fold ministry. We'll save that for another time. <sighs> Guys, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to pray for everyone. Yeah, I want you guys stand. I want you guys stand. We're going to close, and I'm going to give a little instruction here. Yeah, yeah. So, Father, we love you so much, Father God. God, we thank you that you are the one building this church, Father. God, that we don't have to strive for anything, Father God. And God, that we are each so uniquely made, Father. But yet when we come together, it's just amazing. 
And God, we thank you. God, we love you. We love what you're doing in our lives and in this church, Father. God, we look forward to the future, God. We look forward to breakthroughs and in, in every area, Father. We just love you, Father. In your name, amen. Amen, amen. So, so, yes, if you want prayer, you may come up and we will pray for you. But, as so you know that I had all these people come out today. Surprise, surprise. So, um, there's a few more people coming. They couldn't make it to the service. And at 1 o'clock, my mom's showing up with food. And we're going to have lunch with everyone today. So, surprise. So happy 50th with all your friends. <laughs> yeah, to you. Yes, it's true. I turned 50 yesterday. And an oak tree takes 25 years to produce fruit. And that means I get a double anointing. And thanks to everybody who was able to keep this surprise. Even my kids. Good job, guys. Nobody, like, let on at all. <laughs> yeah, they knew. <laughs> So, back to serious things, though. Um, back to Jesus. If you, if you want prayer, there's a ton of people in this room who are just filled with the presence of God, who flow in different giftings, healing, prophetic ministry. If you're here and you're hungry just to hear something fresh from God for you, just come up in the front here. And uh, if we need to find a certain person that might have a particular edge in a certain area, whether that's healing or... Uh, just hearing something fresh from, from God for you, I invite you to come up. If you just want encouragement, come up front. Lots of good people to pray for you here. But it, be, until then, I guess we're going to wait for Grandma to show up. And we're going to eat. Yeah, free lunch today. Yeah, free lunch today. So kids, please keep food and drink.